0: Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life and to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 14, and the topic for today is sex differences, what you should know about the differences between the genders, and what you should do about it as well. I'd like to start off by mentioning a book I came across in doing the research for this session that I found found really fascinating. It's a book by the title of uh, Why Gender Matters, and uh, the subtitle is What Parents and Teachers Need to Know About the Emerging Science of Sex Differences. It's by Leonard Sachs, M.D., Ph.D., what I thought was interesting about this book is that I formed a lot of my views about uh, 25 years ago on the topic of gender differences, both by what I was taught uh, in my university and graduate school years as well as on what was the general accepted practice at the time that was all about that we should be aiming for equality, which was an appropriate thing to be looking for as a goal and is still the goal. But also there was an assumption that there were very few differences of any between girls and boys and between men and women when it came to the important things in life with regard to the ways in which we conduct ourselves in in life. And what was interesting was that uh, this book, by Leonard Sachs, I think is really insightful in that uh, he goes through and summarizes a lot of the research that's been done, particularly in the last 15 to 20 years, all about differences in brain chemistry, brain structure, other physiological differences between the genders that also manifest themselves in a variety of ways as well. So really quite fascinating stuff. Now, I, I think he goes a little too far in assuming that um, all of that uh, leads to kinds of outcomes and recommendations that I, I wouldn't go quite as far as he does. But I, I'd highly recommend this book to you to go through and get an idea as to what kinds of interesting insights you can glean from the ways in which the genders really differ. And I'll uh, put a link to the to the book and, uh, in the show notes to this session uh, as well. I wanted to mention as well that I did some work years ago uh, on uh, sex differences because I basically stumbled across them as well. I was doing some research at the university and I was looking for looking to hire research assistants in a lab at the university that involved providing stimuli that were delivered by a computer. Now, the people that we're looking for as research assistants didn't need to write the software for the particular experiments that were being run. They just needed to know how to uh, run the computer and to welcome people. Participants that were volunteering to be in the studies and carry a a particular research protocol through and collect the data appropriately for further analysis later. But what was quite fascinating was that uh, while we put the advertisement out to the general university population, which was roughly 50-50 male and female at the time, we got uh, only male applicants and no female applicants at all, which I thought was really quite striking. And while that wasn't my area of inquiry at university, and I decided to pursue that some more because it seemed at the time that boys and girls and men and women really had sort of this equal shot at certainly dealing with computers at the time. Because while we weren't talking about traditional sorts of subjects, these were relatively new uh, at the time, I mean, they hadn't been around for decades and decades and decades, but uh, there was an opportunity for really there not to be any gender differences in uh, wanting to do that type of work, for example. So we actually um, looked at a variety of different perspectives on that kind of gender. Uh, difference and we looked at well, do men and women approach computers differently? Uh, are women more or less, you know, anxious about uh, using computers, for example, or interested as well? And uh, we formed a computer anxiety uh, index uh, survey at the time and did some comparisons. And lo, lo and behold, there really were gender differences as well. Then we looked at uh, what about the user interface of software that runs on. Computers, in terms of its uh, providing positive versus negative kind of stimuli. You know, do you get rewarded for doing good things uh, or do you just get punished for negative things? And it turns out that most of the software at the time actually just had negative stimuli. only just got error messages when you did things wrong. There are very few instances where you really got anything that was positive when you did things well. So we looked actually at a study that examined women in particular who were highly anxious with regard to computers and also ones that were not. And we also compared the positive versus negative stimuli. And it turned out that with negative uh, stimuli, the, the, the subjects were very anxious. We measured heart rate and a bunch of un- other indices of of uh, anxious reactions, but very, very, very uh, uh, anxious and nervous. If, on the other hand, we didn't provide any negative feedback, we only provided positive feedback instances where they did things well, those very anxious uh, computer phobic women were perfectly normal and could work with the software very, very well. So uh, we did a bunch of other analyses looking at content analyses of advertising to look at the the gender difference as well, which also showed that there were significant differences. But we also led to a desire to make sure that software was actually designed appropriately, and uh, that actually led to a part of my career looking at doing that kind of work over the years uh, since then. So that's gender difference observation that I made fairly early on in my career actually led, interestingly, into a lot of the work that I've been doing ever since. But again, it was really an observation of differences and then trying to really understand what was behind them and how could we actually reduce those differences, especially if they were troubling or or somehow limited the availability of a particular gender to be in particular types of Jobs, and that's been sort of a theme that I've uh, also followed through the rest of my career as well. So that's sort of my interest in this topic area and the kind of work that also led to the uh, interest in trying to. Address the challenges that also are uh, around with regard to sex differences now what's interesting also in in the book by um, leonard sachs and i'll I'll refer to some of the things from his book but also from a variety of other sources as well as usual but there's some interesting trends that there are really very few differences between the genders in terms of cognitive cognitive abilities and sort of psychological traits there really aren't differences when you look at intelligence level when you don't look when you look at all of those kinds of fundamental elements but there are interesting trends with regard to fundamental differences and one of the most interesting ones or two of the most interesting ones that that uh, Sachs talks about is uh, one is is with regard to hearing and that girls and boys hear differently girls can hear a lot better than boys can and Sachs goes for some time going through giving advice with regard to teaching skills and sk- teaching approaches uh, for girls versus boys based on that kind of finding. He also talks about the uh, differences in seeing and that there's actually a difference in the structure of the eye between boys and girls and men and women. That he also attributes the difference in being able to discern particular type, of colors, for example, and that men are less likely to describe a color very, very specifically, but are more likely to resort to categories, broad categories of colors instead. So rather than saying fuchsia, for example, they might say oh, it's just pink or red. And Sachs goes to some length in explaining that that difference may, in fact, be due to a physiological difference, an actual phys- physical difference in the structure of the eye itself. Thank <laughs> you. So there's a kind of fundamental, interesting differences. And it's what's interesting as well is that the findings between the genders are also gender-based and have nothing to do with terms of, of sexual orientation either. So uh, gay men, for example, ha- have the exact same reaction with regard to the hearing differences and the se- seeing differences as well, and uh, lesbian women do too with regard to women. So it's gender that really is the differentiating factor in terms of these things, and these things are also very physical uh, in terms of different differences. Some really fascinating uh, findings, and I won't go into great detail about it uh, in this session, but I advise you to go and read that book. And by the way, I listened to that book because so I downloaded it on uh, audible.com which I would recommend as well. And so uh, I'll, I'll put a link into the uh, show notes with regard to the Audible book as well for this session. The other difference that a number of other people also talk about is the difference in risk-taking behavior. with. Uh, men and boys taking much greater risks than women do. Men believe that they have more abilities than they typically do, as a lot of the cases here. Uh, when you look at actual accident rates and even survival rates in terms of death rates, you'll notice that... Uh, The men are, and this is several people have actually pointed this out, that men believe that they're capable of doing something and take the risk and a number of times as a result aren't successful at whatever it is. And if that was a really risky physical thing, they could also get seriously injured or even killed because of that risk-taking. I'll say a few more things a little later on about how we, we could use that insight uh, to have a response both for men and to, uh, women, actually. But, but just wanted to s- uh, summarize the, the finding here. The other difference is response to stress. Again, uh, men really uh, enjoying the experience of being stressed and doing well under stressful situations, and uh, women not doing as well also differences in communication style in terms of compassion and cooperation with most women preferring to to feel and men to think. Also, uh, men tend to talk more in public, but women talk more at home. And uh, women also make more eye contact and also tend to agree more readily than having a debate, which men are more likely to desire. So these aren't major differences in the genders, right? And so there, there, there's no fundamental difference, for example, in intelligence, as I mentioned earlier. But it is important to be aware of these kinds of differences for a variety of reasons. One is just to fundamentally understand men and women and girls and boys better. I think there, I agree entirely with Leonard Sachs in saying that the assumption that we're all the same and an expectation that men an expectation by women that men should act in a particular way because from a woman's point, point of view, that's what what makes sense. And conversely, you know, men expecting women to be uh, to react in a particular way in certain situations based on what men think is just fundamentally not the right way to go about things and not the most effective way to be in life. So what's really important here, I think, is to understand some of these differences so you can understand the behavior of others around you more effectively and you can adjust appropriately. Uh, but it's also the case that there's an opportunity here for learning. There's an opportunity for even picking up some cross-gender t- sorts of skills and habits so that you can even be more effective. Because in actual fact, men and women each have unique strengths that the other could actually learn from and that 's my view I, I think that uh, sachs 's approach is is more of a be aware of the differences, and they are hardwired, and you know we shouldn 't do anything about them was largely his view, other than we should you know separate men and women or girls and boys during school and a variety of other suggestions that he has, and many of which are fine but i I tend to believe more strongly in the view that we can also change and that we have an ability to really realize that we are the way we are in terms of our gender, but that we also have the ability to be insightful about the ways in which the other gender may approach particular problems and be able to be even that much more effective at it by being aware of some of the skills that the other gender that is not your own might actually be very good at. So that's really what is behind my list of 10 items to think about for this episode the first set the first three that i wanted to talk to you about are all about equality or fairness even though there are gender differences i think there's a certain level of communication a certain level of behavior a certain level of expectation that we should have that we should fundamentally all drive for an acknowledgement of of equality in the ways in which we for example deal with people in terms of awareness and acknowledgement so that for example you want to be able to be aware that when you're using pronouns that you don't use just the male pronoun if you just use the male pronoun then you're by only using that one and not using the male and the female pronoun where that is actually appropriate, you're artificially restricting your audience or the audience that you're speaking about to about half, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And it also excludes all the people that aren't a member of that group that you're referring to with regard to the pronoun. So I still very frequently come across people who still use the male pronoun uh, all the time now there's all kinds of discussion about what you should do should you say his her whether you should uh, you know in every alternate paragraph when you're writing a book for example or writing uh, some other form of communication that you should alternate one, one paragraph talking about his and the next paragraph hers or whatever lots of debate about all, the, all these things I wouldn't get caught up in the details particularly I also sometimes just try to avoid the reference so you, some of the time it just doesn't make any sense whether you say his or hers you can just say they or the, you can just avoid the reference a, to a particular gender at all and i think that's probably even safest if you're really wanting to be effective at this but it again you can you can get caught up in the details but fundamentally what I'm really advocating here is just be aware, just like we talked about in the episode when we were talking about dealing with a flat world and realizing that there's a large number of people that are not just like you, that you should be aware of that they exist and that you don't need to be bending over backwards necessarily to feel like you're including them in every sentence that you say and all that kind of stuff. I'm not advocating that here. I'm just saying that you should just in a general basis be aware of the fact that when, whenever you do use a pronoun reference for example that that you make sure that it's fair and it's inclusive you know of both genders also the, number 2 is sexist language attitude and behavior you fundamentally just don't want to engage in any kind of language that's going to make somebody of the uh, well anybody actually feel uncomfortable i often uh, find people talk about wow you can't say certain jokes in in uh, mixed company because you'll embarrass for example if men are saying that that you embarrass the women a lot of the time you're going to make uncomfortable a number of the men in the audience as well who uh, care about kind of fairness and not necessarily being inappropriately inconsiderate of the under uh, the other gender so i think in All actions, and and I think we still have a long way to go in this area. There's still many situations where it's really quite, I think, inappropriate the ways in which people uh, speak about the uh, the other gender and I think it happens both directions and again we don't want to go crazy about this but you know when it's really a problem that uh, goes on and on and on and I've seen it many many times it can be very very uncomfortable for the people involved both the people that are directly related to it as well as the others as I mentioned earlier that might just feel uncomfortable about anybody uh, not being dealt with appropriately and fairly. Number three is to remove biases. I did a, an episode, some number of episodes of these podcasts ago, on the power of the mind. And a lot of the that episode was about removing biases. You may recall that we talked about hiring people behind a screen, hiring members of an orchestra just entirely on the basis of the sound and the quality of the sound that they created, and actually eliminating the bias of the gender, which is what the issue was, and being able to actually get a lot more fairness in hiring, for example, by eliminating any biases and biases that we're aware of, as well as, even more importantly, ones that we're not aware of either. So those are those three are all about trying to drive equity and fairness and understanding between the the, the genders and, and it's it's equal across the the genders this desire for wanting to uh, yield some level of, of equality. The next three I'd like to talk about with regard to optimizing androgyny. And that's really all about we all you know, women have a bunch of feminine, female traits that uh, some of which I've already talked about, and skills and abilities that they're better than men at, or that they have particularly unique contributions to make. And there are other sets that are very masculine and very uh, that are, that men tend to be better at uh, as well. And so the desire here and these next three items that I wanted to talk about are all about how men and women can learn from the other gender and what the other gender has to offer that they're good at and actually learn some of that ability as well. And so for men, for example, there's really a suggestion here to, in order to be even more effective, to listen more actively you know, an episode, a few episodes ago, I talked about the whole notion of effective inter- interpersonal communication. We talked about the whole desire for active listening. Well, women are a lot better at doing that than men are typically. With giving a lot of reinforcement to somebody really listening, really trying to uh, play back to them what uh, what they've heard. Men tend to be more prone to thinking about the next thing they want to talk about and actually also monopolizing the conversation, particularly when there are there's more than one gender in the room. Also, there's a desire for greater cooperation. There are times when the male trait of competition is really an effective one. There are lots of instances where that is really something that is is very effective for, for men. But there are other times when the overall approach to cooperation as well as overall compassion for uh, others is really the thing, again, that women are typically better at, that men may want to try to foster as well it won't come as naturally necessarily it will to some men um, but others it may be more uh, difficult but i'd like to suggest that uh, we actually consider adopting or at least fostering some understanding of at least and some ability in and uh, potentially even some real habits to develop with regard to being more effective in these traits that are typically female traits that men can adopt as well. Number five, women can, again, learn from some of the skills that men have, particularly instances where you might be in a situation like a work one, where it's really important, I think, to learn from some of these skills and abilities and habits that men have that are really effective in that environment. Things like speaking up more. Uh, research shows that women just don't speak up as often as, as men in a public situation. And uh, it's just a, a suggestion to rather take than taking that natural sort of role to actually uh, be very effective at choosing to speak up more often than you would naturally think that you should. Another area is risk-taking. Now, we talked about some of the negative sides of risk-taking and that this can actually be uh, quite catastrophic at certain times when men may take risks more more often than than women but there are also lots of instances where risk taking is really important in order to be effective in uh, business for example it's, that's also in order to be effective in a certain sports. A variety of things uh, really do reward uh, appropriate risk-taking. So in order to really try to go beyond your comfort zone, for example, that involves some risk-taking a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, women are less likely to take that risk-taking uh, point of view. So again, there are times when I think the female approach to risk-taking may be advisable if there's you know some real danger involved maybe some of the time, but there are other instances where you really should be thinking as women about being a little more risky than you normally would be in approaching certain situations because you can be that much more effective uh, at them by taking greater risks as well. Another one is overall confidence. Again, men are typically more confident than women in many situations when in actual fact, the data show that women are at least as 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 effective as men and if if not more uh, competent that men, uh, than men and they should, they being women, should actually have at least the confidence commensurate with the abilities uh, that they have and a lot of the time that isn't the case women are less likely to feel confident about something when in actual fact they have all the reason in the world to be confident as well so it's again an area where you should uh, as a woman really be thinking about the situations where you would step back and say you know what no really i i i do think that i'm good at doing this and you know, I'm 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 actually going to feel a whole lot more confident. I'm going to go and and uh, do this or that, and actually uh, change my behavior a bit because I should actually feel more confident about my abilities in this area because I am good at it. Okay, so hey, that's the approach that I think may be really beneficial for women to uh, think of. And that's just some of the things. But uh, the other thing I was going to say is, is number six is to I've just given a few very specific things, things that that research has really shown as being different. But the other other suggestion that I would make here is to learn from the other gender. You know, if you're in a situation where you're, you know, looking at somebody else that's in a particular role, let's say, uh, might be at a work uh, situation, maybe anywhere else, maybe on on a sports field someplace or or maybe in, uh, you know, at a party or whatever, do some more observing of other people. And do some observing of their approaches and their behaviors and their attitudes and their communication abilities and the like. Step back and 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 observe. You may well come across something where you say, you know, so and so is really popular. Why why are they popular? Let's 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 look at uh, what they do and learn from it. Uh, somebody else may be very very effective. Let's say at work, just an amazingly effective person in the work that uh, that they do and the ways in which they deal with others. Step back, look at what they do especially if they're a different gender from you i mean in general you should do this anyway but what i'm suggesting on this topic is actually really seriously look at people that are of the other gender where you may well learn some techniques that you could start to adopt and like i said they may not come as naturally to you but i'm suggesting here that you really make a study of this and actually think of ways in which you could in fact improve and be more effective in your gender by adopting some other ideas and approaches from others as well. Now the last four items uh, are all about sort of celebrating differences. So the first ones I talked about were all about equality. We really need to be inclusive and not really uh, exclude people for the wrong reasons. For example, we talked to about a number of items about really trying to drive for optimizing androgyny, trying to learn from each other's gender and try to improve and be a little bit more like the other gender. But these last items are all about realizing that you're male or female and celebrating that fact and not making apologies for it. So number seven is feeling good about being feminine or masculine. There are lots of instances where, you know, you really should sit back, think about it, think, you know what, I'm, I'm really glad that I am a man or a woman, and really celebrate the difference and also celebrate some of the strengths that you have in that in your gender and not be, you know, apologetic about it, for example. Celebrate the fact that you are better at something or other because of your gender. Number eight is also use the power of your gender. You know, there are situations where the, uh, a male or a female are more effective because of their gender in a certain situation. I talked before, you know, in the last items when I talked about learning from the other gender. But, you know, also realize when you have a strength to really use it. So don't be apologetic about it as well. Number nine is make sure that it's appropriate in the context. So you, you want to, you know, celebrate your your masculinity, your femininity in, in certain situations. you got to make sure that, that when you do that, that it's not going to backfire. There's not going to be some other, you know, kind of reaction to it. But I think what I'm suggesting here is that there are differences. We aren't all equal. And uh, as long as we're not you know, using it inappropriately or not making people feel uncomfortable and the like, there really are some benefits, I think, for actually celebrating your gender, you know, as well. And number 10 is nobody is perfect on this topic, right? And mistakes will happen. You know, there are probably more instances where there are there is a lack of knowledge between men and women about the, their approaches to topics that I think are pervasive. And I think it's probably more so than you ever realize of the number of times when men and women are thinking like they're perceiving something the same way when they're diametrically opposite in their understanding and their approaches to things. I think there's, that's probably more often you know, the norm. But I think that there are instances as a result as well that as you start to try to make any changes in the ways in which you do this, like trying to be more inclusive and equal in your treatment of the genders and things like pronoun references, as I mentioned, or in really trying to learn from the other gender and trying to, you know, optimize androgyny or trying to celebrate your your gender uh, differences. In a lot of these cases, when you're just really trying some of these things out and you're breaking the mold, breaking with the ways in which you've done this stuff before, you could, in fact, be, you know, making some mistakes. If you honestly are trying to improve by doing the things that I'm suggesting here, that's perfectly fine that's to be expected as i've said many times before the whole notion of learning new skills and trying to hone them into habits and the only way they become habits is if you've done them over and over and over and over again the early stages of learning a skill also needs practice and what makes you really effective at uh, practicing is also knowing when you've made mistakes and learning from those mistakes so the early stages are practice, practice, try something, you know, the risk-taking, try it, try to do things a little differently. And then also after a while, you're going to start to develop this really into a into a skill. And then uh, over even a longer period of time, it's going to become second nature to you in that you're going to have a habit. So as I usually recommend, I suggest that you look through this list that I've given you of ideas to try And in the next week, choose one of them or maybe two of them and really try to do something differently this week and really try to make a difference in the ways in which you do your work today. So you want to be able to try any of these uh, methods that I've I've described that I've gone through and really try to do your work or do your interacting with others, whether it's the same gender or cross-gender, in a different way. And you want to try these things and really learn from them over time as well. So as I've said uh, before as well, uh, I would recommend the book uh, by uh, Leonard Sachs, Why Gender Matters. Again, you can listen to it on Audible. You can also, you know, buy and read it using the traditional methods of doing that. And then uh, really try to do things a little differently with regard to sex differences in the future. Uh, Like I say, I think there's some dramatic findings about the ways in which Males and females are different. Actually, the other thing I should mention is that there's interesting findings, too, about looking at human men and women and then also comparing those kinds of differences to chimpanzees, our close cousins, and seeing if the differences are there as well. In instances where we think we may have differences that are due to cultural differences, a lot of the time we have the exact same differences in chimpanzees as well. So some fascinating work that's gone on in the last 15 to 20 years that uh, you can read about and hear about. But it's also the case that I think the approach that we should take to this is trying to drive for appropriate equality, try to drive for optimizing our gender by learning from the other gender and driving towards some androgyny, and then, of course, also trying to celebrate our own genders as well. So thanks again for listening. I hope this has been effective and again i am really quite heartened by the the reaction that I've gotten on this uh, podcast series by the feedback that I've received the popularity of the number of people that are actually downloading and listening to this series. Uh, I'm glad that it's uh, been of some value to a number of you you've a uh, number of you have have uh, written to me and provided other feedback. encourage if you haven't done that, to uh, go into iTunes and you can rate the uh, podcast there. You can make some comments as well. You can also go to the lifehabits.podbean.com site and provide individual ratings and comments on individual podcasts. And of course, as always, you can also write to me at lifehabits.gmail.com if you have any suggestions for future episodes as well. So that's it for this particular episode and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye for now.